0: number 117 of the Draft Analyst, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? I'm your host, Chris Cody and joining me is Tony Pauline, as we are set to recap the defensive performances that we were impressed by, and also some that we were not impressed by, down in Mobile over the past three days of Senior Bowl Week. Our last episode took care of the offense, so if you haven't listened to that, please go back and check it out we're going to take it to the defensive side of the football here. Tony, if you had to say overall, which side of the ball impressed you more? Was it offense or was it defense?
1: Uh, Hands down, it was offense. I I mean, uh, the secondary really for both sides was not good. They showed flashes. We did see some good play from the linebackers. We saw some occasional play, good play from the defensive linemen. But I thought the offense, the tight ends, the receivers, Justin Herbert, Jordan Love, uh, some of the running backs. I thought they were more consistent. I thought they were more dynamic. You you, you know, you got more excited uh, watching the offensive players at, at the senior ball on a consistent basis, as opposed to the defenders who they flashed, but there was not a whole lot of consistency except for, you know, two or three guys.
0: Yeah. And those guys tended to be in the front seven here. As Tony mentioned, the D backs really were not that impressive in mobile outside of a select few, but there were several defensive linemen who showed out. We mentioned his name, in the last podcast when we were going over the offensive players, Jason Strobridge, the defensive tackle out of North Carolina, really had a good week. I mean, we were watching him jump over bags and drills and do agilities, and he moved like he was a linebacker, even a safety at you know, over 280 pounds. I mean, this guy is really able to move. He's an excellent athlete, has very fast hands on the inside, has a good array of rush moves to get around blocks, can get through blocks too. By the end of the first practice, he was so dominant that they were forced to double-team him just to get plays off and just to be able to evaluate other players. So Strowbridge was really wrecking practice the first day. Didn't have quite as strong of a day on Wednesday, tailed off a bit Thursday, but what he showed on Tuesday and just as an overall package was really, really good. Neville Gallimore is also a guy who was very consistent throughout the week, very fast hands. He has very violent hands. If he punches you, if he hits you, you are getting knocked. Even if it's just for a split second, it's very difficult to hold your ground against him. He's also very quick off the line, moves well for his size, He's always keeping his hands and his feet active. I thought it was an excellent week for Neville Gallimore, and I also was impressed by Terrell Lewis out of Alabama, and a lot of that is as expected. You know, he was a guy coming in one of the top prospects in the game who we really expected to see a lot from, but at 260 pounds. He showed the ability to run up the seam in coverage. He showed some ability in space. That's not how he's necessarily going to be used at the NFL level, but it's good to see him able to do that as well as going downhill where he was powerful. He was fast off the edge. He was quick through gaps, really aware. He maybe wasn't able to get to the quarterback a couple times, but he understood to reach for the ball, forced a couple fumbles, knocked some passes down. So I thought those three were very impressive along the defensive line. Tony, what are your thoughts on them and maybe a couple other guys you liked?
1: Yeah, as, I, as I tweeted on Wednesday watching Sto- Strobridge, I just said he's insanely athletic. Now, that said, he does have some size limitations, and he's more of a three-technique tackle. I know he was listed as an edge rusher. I don't see him as an edge rusher. I see him as an interior three-technique guy and someone who's going to have to get bigger and stronger because when he was able to beat opponents off the snap with his first step, which he usually did, he wreaked havoc. But if the blocker was able to get their hands on him first, and Stowbridge uh, really struggled. I agree with you about Neville Gallimore. He gave me a lot more than I thought uh, I, I was expecting. I thought it was a good week for him. Darian Daniels, we both saw him, showed some really good things for a guy that is so huge, the way he moved through the bags, his explosion, his power. I thought that Kenny Wilkes, someone who I'm really not that high on, really had two great days of practice, Wednesday and Thursday. Stood out. They, they, they had uh, difficulty uh, stopping him. Uh, made a lot of plays behind the line of scrimmage. Obviously, Javon Kinlaw, I thought, was terrific. He's a big, athletic guy. He's more than a, someone who just uh, occupies the gaps or stu- uh, stuffs up uh, uh, blockers. He can make plays behind the line of scrimmage. He can get outside the box and make plays. Robert Windsor had his moments. He's incredibly quick. He's, he can he can twist them and stunt them. Uh, although at times uh, he, he seemed a little stuck in mud, but but he plays with great leverage. Excellent hand use. I thought he had a solid week of practice. And again, I think, you know, what we said at the top, except for Strowbridge and maybe Wilkis, uh, Wilkis at uh, the last two days, most of these guys were just flashes, flashes, flashes. There was no really single dominant performance uh, by any one player uh, in the defensive line or really the defensive front seven.
0: Yeah, I mean, with Kinlaw, he didn't practice on Thursday due to some knee tendinitis, but he did enough, especially on Tuesday, where he did nothing to hurt his stock, probably boosted himself a little bit as well. A guy that looked good but had two days of practice where he did not practice, he had a boot on his right foot, was Auburn's Marlon Davidson. Really looked good that first day, so it's a shame we didn't get to see more of Marlon Davidson because I wanted to see a little bit more. A couple Florida guys that were down there, Jabari Zuniga and Jonathan Grenard, Different types of players. Zuniga is more of the athletic type, whereas Grenard is a guy who gets by with good hand moves. He's not quite the athlete of Zuniga. Zuniga also showed some power and some push as well, so I was very impressed by him. Less so by Grenard, who didn't really have a great week, kind of struggled. Bradley Ine started the week a little bit slowly. By the end of the week, though, he was showing nice burst through gaps. He was getting around the edge well. Does a nice job of slapping opponents' hands down and really doing a good job keeping clean, because one thing about Ine is when he is engaged. He's not a guy who's going to get off blocks or win with power, so he needs to win with speed off the edge, and he was able to show that towards the end of the week.
1: You know, uh, getting back to Grenard, the big question or concern on him was the athleticism or the lack of athleticism, and that's what we saw. I mean, you saw a guy on the college level who, sort of like Ja'Kai Polite last year, was able to, able to exploit a lot of college tackles and get up the field and make a lot of plays. But really, he didn't show much speed at all during senior bowl practices. And when they dropped him into uh, coverage, it, it was a disaster. It wasn't because of lack of effort. Uh, I mean, he was given effort, but he just he can't run downfield with the tight ends, can't get his head back around, gave up a lot of receptions. Uh, let me add this, just this one uh, last piece, and I wrote this on Pro Football Network. You know, a lot of people were very excited to see Darrell Taylor, who came into the season – uh, with huge grades uh, by NFL scouts. He's a guy who looks apart. He's very athletic. He's had a lot of production, but the production has been spotty. I, I learned, as I said, in a Pro Football Network, that Daryl Taylor has been struggling or suffering with a left leg injury, which I don't want to go into detail because of HIPAA regulations, but he's been struggling with a, a uh, left leg injury since the summer, and it's something that he played with. Uh, all season long. It bothered him. He got flagged for it at the uh, at, at the senior ball. He was unable to play. I'm sure it's something that they're going to talk about. It's not nothing major, but something they're going to talk about uh, during the combine. My question is this is, or my concern is this is, Daryl Taylor's a size speed guy. And with the injury, as it was explained to me, I don't know how much training he's going to get, you know, he's going to be able to put in before the combine Hopefully he'll be ready to go by pro day. If he can't work work out the combine, it's just a shame. You know, it's a situation where we've talked about this on the show. Probably should have missed a a good portion of the season with that injury to let that injury heal. But all too often we see these guys pushed out on the field with injuries where they shouldn't be playing.
0: Absolutely. We'll move to the second level here and discuss some of the linebackers. And the first guy we have to mention, simply because we had the pleasure of speaking with him over the summer, is Michigan's Josh Uche. Really a good week for a bunch of Michigan guys here. They showed well at the Senior Bowl, but Uche was a guy we weren't sure what he was going to look like in space. Well, he looked very comfortable in space. He was able to drop into coverage. He was able to run into the flats. He was able to cover a little bit and he looks smooth. He still has some improvement to do in those areas, but overall I was very impressed with what Uche did. Obviously he's a good pass rusher, great dip and flexibility off the edge. Played a little middle linebacker as well and showed the ability to scrape, showed the ability to move laterally. So I thought the versatility that Uche put on display in addition to his pass rushing ability was very impressive. Another guy who was extremely impressive was Malik Harrison out of Ohio State, really showed a complete game. He's able to be forceful up the field, on the blitz, runs over running backs who try to block him. He's able to get quickly to the sidelines. He fills holes. He comes up downhill very quickly. And he was impressive in coverage as well. Obviously, he's a very good athlete. He made a one-handed interception on the third day of practice, about 15, 20 yards down the seam over the middle. Very impressive play for Harrison, who had three very good days of practice. And is probably the best overall linebacker at the event. Akeem Davis Gaither out of Appalachian State. We've been told because Appalachian is a mountain range in New York. Appalachian is how you pronounce the school. Davis Gaither, about 220 pounds, kind of a smaller guy, but really good in coverage. I mean, this guy out of route breaks for running backs and tight ends, he stays with them. He essentially runs the route a couple times for his opponents. They have the quarterbacks have to throw over him or around him just to avoid being intercepted. Obviously, those passes weren't able to be completed. Davis Gaither also showed the ability to fill holes. He knows how to dip around blocks. He understands that he's not going to shed blocks once he's engaged that well. So he did a very good job showing awareness, showing good coverage ability. I thought it was an excellent week for those three backers. Tony, what do you think?
1: I agree with you about Akeem Davis Gaither, and especially Josh Uchi. know, was the guy I was rooting for, So especially when he was used in coverage. I, I saw a lot of discipline. I saw a guy who kind of got it between his ears, which shouldn't be a surprise because I recommend people go back and listen to that interview we did with Uche. He's a well-thought-out, well-spoken individual. Wish him nothing but luck moving forward. I did think that T.J. Brunson, uh, the linebacker from South Carolina at times, really showed some dominance, showed some explosion, uh, violence in his game, the way he, he was able to fill gaps and get up the field and make plays. I thought it was a good week for Logan Wilson, especially in coverage. You know, Logan Wilson is known as a tackling machine, but when he was used in zone coverage, he got good depth on his on uh, his drops, uh remained disciplined and and made a lot of positive plays Francis Bernard was a little bit up and down I I thought he did well in scrimmage made some play good plays against the run showed some things in coverage Uh, uh, in drills it was a different story I thought he struggled in drills and you know as we talked about I learned that you know Bernard's not a speed guy despite the athleticism he's shown on film the past two years I'm told that he may struggle to break 4.8 at the Combine. At the very best, he's going to be a a mid-to-high 4.7 guy, which kind of surprised me. Some players did struggle. I thought Zach Bond of Wisconsin had a terrible week. You know, I was making excuses for Bond throughout the season that he was misused as a 3-4 outside linebacker because he's a smaller guy. He's better, he's better in coverage. Ah, he did not look good in coverage at all. I, he was getting spanked. Uh, showed limited speed, showed limited depth on his drops, really couldn't get his, uh, his head back around. I thought he struggled. Evan Weaver, the tackling machine, You know, I spoke with him uh, before practice started, and he was forthright with me. I mean, he was honest with me. He said that scouts told him outright, we want to see young coverage. Didn't work out for him. So I think Evan Weaver is going to be pigeonholed as a two-down run defending linebacker, and he is outstanding in that aspect. But what happens with those types of guys is they usually fall much further in the draft uh, than people expect. I also thought it was a a difficult uh, week for Anthony Jennings for the same reasons. I mean, he's more of an in-the-box, up-the-field, sometimes out-in-the-space type of run-defending linebacker who, when he was asked to make plays in reverse, really couldn't do it.
0: And there were times also that Jennings just looked disinterested in making plays in space. He would be beat off the line, and he wouldn't really go hard trying to recover and catch up, maybe knowing that he couldn't. But either way, not a good look for Anthony Jennings. And I agree with you on most of what you said. Logan Wilson was very impressive. I mean... 240 pounds, not the size of an Akeem Gaither or Davion Taylor out of Colorado who had a solid week as well, especially in coverage. But you look at a guy like that who's known for his play against the run. He showed good ball skills. He showed the athleticism to get outside. He showed the ability, as you said, to get depth on his drop. So I was very impressed with Logan Wilson as well. And you kind of nailed it on the guys that struggled. I mean, Evan Weaver at times just looked completely lost in coverage. If they would run a running back in the flat – and a tight end maybe 10 yards deep down the field, he would be caught in between. He couldn't make a decision. It also seemed like as the week went on, he lost a little bit of confidence because, as you said, he knows that scouts are watching him in coverage. He had to know that he struggled a little bit. And as a result, it kind of hurt him a little bit when he was trying to play the run as well. He would take on blocks. He would try to go around him. He just wasn't the player that we expected to see. So it was a definite tough week, unfortunately, for Weaver and, and Zach Bond. I mean, he's 240 pounds, maybe 235 pounds. He can't cover. He didn't show much ability to run. Yes, he can play off the edge, but that's about all he was able to do, and he's going to get engulfed by tackles at the next level unless he's standing up. Even then, it might be tough for him to make the transition. He's a guy that's looking like nothing more than just, you know, a third down pass rusher who you will put in on a couple downs, try to keep him clean and scheme him free off the edge.
1: Yeah, and and like we said, I mean, there was no consistent outstanding play uh, from the defenders in the defensive front seven, and it only got worse in the secondary. Now, there were some corners and some safeties who really stood out. Javaris Davis of Auburn, who practiced for only two days. I thought he had an exceptional two days of practice, especially on Thursday. Remember, Javaris Davis was supposed to play in the Shrine game. But as I reported to Pro Football Network, what happened was he got flagged, we didn't get flagged as he had a he suffered a concussion during uh, auburn's bowl game when they lost to minnesota auburn never put him into uh, in, into concussion protocol protocol so he's not able to practice or not able to participate in anything at the shrine game practice his interviews and, and it was really the school that fumbled the situation fortunately he was a late ad Uh, to the senior bowl. And it worked out for him because I thought he did an exceptional job when he was there. He was very consistent, makes a lot of plays. I I, I thought he, I thought he really distinguished himself. Well, I thought Darnay Holmes, especially early in the week had uh, a couple of terrific practices. He's quick, he's explosive. He's got a great break to the ball. He shows solid ball skills. You know, the thing about Darnay Holmes that I heard was because I have not done my PAC 12 film work yet is He's going to test well, but when you watch the film, you're going to be disappointed. I can tell you this. I was not disappointed in, in Darnay Holmes the three days I saw him at senior bowl practices. I thought that A.J. Green, the cornerback from Oklahoma State, showed a, a couple of good things. I thought J- Dane Jackson of Pittsburgh played well at times. I thought the two small school safeties, uh, Jeremy Chin of uh, Southern Illinois and Kyle Duger of Lenore Rhyme, both played well throughout the week, especially Chin. He looks the part. He's athletic. He's physical, he's good against the run, he showed solid ball skills, and really he showed that he can compete and he could, could, he could play at this uh, level. I do think that Josh Metellus had a real good day of practice on Thursday, the final day. I thought Keevon Wallace showed some good things as well. But I think there were also more disappointing uh, defensive backs, especially uh, highly rated guys, who came away with significantly lower grades because of their last three days because of the three days of practice at the Senior ball. We'll start off with Troy Pryde Jr., uh, the cornerback from Notre Dame. I mean, he was a guy coming into the season, was considered a fringe first-round pick. He looked terrible. He was getting beat by everybody, even his own teammate, Chase Claypool. He could not make plays with his back to the ball. He was constantly getting burnt. Uh, despite what I was told was athleticism and a guy that's supposed to run fast, he didn't look like uh, he had any speed. Lamar Jackson was another guy. Very athletic, but poor ball skills. Michael, uh, uh, how do I say his last name? Uh, Ojemoudi. Michael Ojemoudi of Iowa uh, struggled. Kendall Vildor, this is a smaller school guy from Georgia Southern, had a good Tuesday. Wednesday and Thursday, it was just bad. I mean, the uh, Notre Dame safeties didn't do anything to distinguish themselves. Chris and I talked about Kalike Hudson being invited to the Shrine game. We thought he should have gotten a senior bowl invite. Didn't work out for him at all. I mean, he, he did not have a good uh, – Uh, senior bowl practice at all I I just think that overall you know based on what we saw I wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me tomorrow if if the score of the game is like 40 to 35.
0: Yeah the crazy thing is Hudson came here as a safety obviously played kind of that viper role at Michigan of a hybrid linebacker safety they were also using him at linebacker and he was just getting smothered by blocks on the inside so it was a tough week for Hudson a guy that we were very happy to see ended up leaving the Shrine game and coming to the Senior Bowl. And it just, as you said, it just didn't work out for him. There were some struggles in the defensive backfield. Tony, over the past couple of years, would you say this is the worst performance you've seen from a group of defensive backs in Mobile?
1: Well, I'm getting a little stunned and I can't remember all that much. But, yeah, you know what? There, there was no real standout performance. I mean, Jeremy Chin, I think, was the most consistent player in the defensive backfield. Maybe Darnay Holmes. and and even they were up and down at times there was just none of these guys really wowed you you know none of you didn't come away from any of these guys saying wow I I mean this guy really improved his stock a a round or two Jeremy Chin Chin was of Southern Illinois was highly rated coming into the season he just proved that the the uh the grade that he gave him was warranted Uh, was it one of the worst I I can't go on record and say that I'm just going to say that there's just no one who just blew me away. Darnay Holmes, I thought was going to do it early on because he had a great practice on Tuesday. Then he just kind of leveled off.
0: I mean, the coaches told Darnay Holmes at one point, because he was making so many plays, they told him to chill out and kind of back off a little bit. I think he took those words to heart because really didn't (laughs) see as much from him on Wednesday and Thursday. But in the end, the struggles of some of these bigger name guys are only going to help the Jeremy Chins of the world, the Kyle Dugers of the world, the small schoolers who really came in and impressed and just had a good week, a good solid week, had their share of consistencies, and they were able to show that they belonged kind of like Ben Barch on the offensive side of the ball. When we were looking ahead to the senior bowl, I said that there were fewer small school prospects than usual it seemed, but the ones that were there seems like it was kind of a quality over quantity type of thing this year.
1: Yeah, they did. I I mean – Really, uh, saying Bassey of, of, of Wake Forest was terrible. I mean, and saying Bassey is a guy who got a second-day grade coming into the season, and, and he couldn't cover anybody. Uh, Jeremy Chin looked like he was, he was the uh, ACC defensive back, while saying Bassey looked like he was the guy from Division I AA. And
0: that's it for the 117th episode of The Draft Analyst, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? If you're enjoying the show, Please subscribe on any of the major podcast platforms and leave us a rating and a review. And feel free to ask us questions on Twitter that we'd be happy to answer on the show. Now go back and listen, please, to our other shows from the Senior Bowl. We recorded five shows live down in Mobile after practice. We recorded an offensive recap and a defensive recap. That is seven podcasts for you this week, really trying to give you as much content as we possibly can. So if you haven't heard any of those prior shows, please go back and listen and check us out and let us know what you think of the show. For Tony Pauline, I'm Chris Tripodi. Good night. 2020,
2: a new year. It's the perfect opportunity to take your business to the next level by hiring the right people. But finding qualified candidates can be challenging. ZipRecruiter.com begin makes it easy. ZipRecruiter sends your job to more than 100 of the web's leading job boards. But they don't stop there with their powerful matching technology. ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes and finds people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one, spotlighting the top candidates so you never miss a great match. It's so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ziprecruiter.com begin. That's ziprecruiter.com B-E-G-I-N, ziprecruiter.com begin. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.